get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Gunnarsson to O'Reilly to Gunnarsson. He scores! Boom, boom, Gunnarsson! Bring out the Zamboni! The Blues win game two! Three to two the final. They're coming home tied at one. That's what it sounded like as the Blues won their first ever Stanley Cup game in franchise history. Boom, boom, Gunnarsson coming through big in game two of the 2019 Stanley Cup final. And with Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kiley. Right now, we are very happy to be joined via the Brown and Crippen celebrity line by the voice of the Blues, the man you just heard in that call. He is Chris Kerber joining us here on the show. Kerbs, we always appreciate the time, man. How you doing on what is a big day for Carl Gunnarsson as he is officially announced his retirement from the NHL. Yeah, uh, it, it kind of amazes me. There's so many different angles to look at here, just other things going on around the National Hockey League. But um, I'm, I'm sitting back and I'm happy for Carl. I'm happy that he was able to lift the Stanley Cup. It was, it's been neat getting to know his dad a little bit on some father's trips. Uh, Carl will go down as one of my uh, all-time favorite St. Louis Blues from uh, just, just having such a great personality and approach and an amazing guy to be around. So uh, I'm sad that it's coming to an end for him. I'm happy that it's happening as the St. Louis Blue, and uh, and if he's at peace with it, uh, I'm happy for Carl. Curbs, what kind of impact do you think Carl had in that locker room? Uh, he talked a little bit about it earlier of when he got traded to St. Louis and talking about, you know, Alexander Steen being here, of course, of Swedish descent, and then kind of growing through Ken Hitchcock, Mike Yo, and then to Craig Berube. You know, you you know, for a locker room to be successful, I think you have to have personalities of all different types. You have to have, you know, the outspoken personalities. You have to have the intense personalities to balance the intense ones. You have to have the lighthearted ones, you know, and, and then you have to have kind of the flatline guys. And, and, and Carl Gunnarsson to me, Carl Gunnarsson to me was one of those flatline guys. You know, he, he was – he had a great personality. He was light. He liked to laugh. He could talk to anything, anybody about anything. And, uh, and at the same time, you know, he was just kind of one of those even keel guys you could count on. And look, it, it, it's, this, it's, it's amazing to me that at times last season, not, not this past season, you know, where, where he was served for most of it, but the year before where this guy would sometimes, depending on what the coaches wanted in the lineup, he might have scratched him. Craig Berube might have scratched him for two or three games and then put him right back in for the next five games in the top pairing with Alex Petrangelo. Really, really kind of fascinating along that stuff. I, I ended up, uh, you know, 
listen, I got a great caller Gunnarsson story to share with you. We we were in Vancouver, I think it was. All right, to show you about kind of just how he was and the kind of conversations. And I'd, I'd sit down and sometimes we just have conversations about whatever pops into mind. And at one point, he walks past me in the locker room in Vancouver, and he says, "Hey," and 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 we were over at the, at the other radio station at the time, and he goes, "Hey, what's with this Harry Ham guy?" And I looked and I went, "Are you kidding me?" Like he's following that story. We went from that topic to talking about the, and then he talked about uh, Joe Biden. And, and then he was talking. We started kind of I started learning about the, what the government in, in Sweden was like and stuff. I mean, he was such a fascinating guy to be around. And uh, I'll, I'll miss him being around like we're going to miss some of the others. He's an interesting guy, and he certainly was a good one to have in that locker room. I'm curious, Curbs, when you look back on that game, too, because when we look back on Carl Gunnarsson's career here in St. Louis, that's going to be the moment, right? That's going to be the moment that everybody immediately has pop into their mind. What's the biggest memory that you have from that moment? Uh, Just the fact that uh, it was the goal, the game-winning goal in the first-ever Stanley Cup final win for this franchise. Um, It was he had some chances and he had some chances right, right towards the end again in, in regulation is that's of course what led to the great urinal story. Just give me another chance coach. Right. But the, um, uh, he, he had a shot. He every now and then would chip in. I think, I mean, he only had 50 something points in his career with the St. Louis blues, you know, but he'd have some moments and uh, I, what a thrilling thing. And that's, that's the great part about the Stanley cup finals, right? To win the Stanley cup, you make heroes out of guys, you know, that might not necessarily be the hero. And in this case, it, it was Carl Gunnarsson being that guy, and what a moment. And as David Perron tweeted earlier, it was that goal that really helped give the St. Louis Blues the belief that they could win this thing. I mean, absolutely huge moment. Curbs, I, I've, I think I've brought this up to you before, but if not, this will be perfect timing. I've said that the Blues need to build a bronze statue of Carl Gunnarsson, put him next to a urinal, and make that a perfect photo opportunity for fans when they are at Enterprise Center. Give me your thoughts. Well, my first thought is uh, we might have a couple of inebriated fans decide to try and use that statue for the wrong purpose. Like pee on it? <laughs> well, yeah. Like, I mean, just see a urinal just sitting right in there. Like, hey, look, it's wide open. Yeah, well, why like not? Open home. Yeah, but you just got no, the pee. No door there. But you just got the pee I, next I, to Carl Gunnarsson. Listen, I, well, what you love about that story, what you love about that story is the lore of it, right? Yeah. And the fact that, and, and so if you guys have seen the, the championship book that the St. Louis blues put out, there's an act, there is a picture of that urinal in there. And it happened because it, it, uh, Chris Pinkert, I believe it was, was having a conversation and Ray Borelli says, I have a picture of that <laughs> urinal. And that's how we found it. So it, it's not just an average picture. It was a picture of that urinal. And it happened because there was also some, like the storage of some bags or something in there. I don't, I don't remember how that part went, but I, I just, Again, those are great championship stories, lore, legend, whatever you want to call it, that just makes things great. You know, sort of like, uh, you know, like like in '99 when, or actually, was it the uh, was it the no '98? Whenever it was when the Cardinals were, or, I'm sorry, the Blues were playing the uh, the Coyotes. I'm blanking on the year and '97, uh, whenever that was, and and Grant Fuhrer goes into Game Seven and says, "Just give me one, guys." Yeah. Right. Things along those kind of lines. And, and I, I love stories like that. And, um, you know, again, he's going to be it's pretty amazing to think that you're only two years separated from having won a Stanley Cup championship. And you've had three of your key players suffer career ending injuries since then. 
You know, I mean, and then and then I look at it, and there's two guys that left via free agency in Maroon and, and Petrangelo. There's, you know, the trade of Edmondson. Like it's it's really been just kind of a an unsettling couple of years with the uh, in the part that's the uncontrollable one when it comes to the injuries. It has been, and the defensive core in particular, we talked about this a little bit earlier, it's just, it's completely different. I looked back at what it was for that 2019 postseason run, and I mean, you're expecting to have basically two of those guys potentially back next year in Pareko and Bortuzzo. Curbs, I also did want to ask you about another potential change that the Blues could make this offseason, because uh, the other day, Shane O'Brien was on a podcast and he talked about a potential trade for the blues. And I know we've talked about this with you before. He said on the podcast quote, I think Tarasenko's time is up in St. Louis. I got a little rumor. I think that Tarasenko could be going to Calgary for Matthew Kachuk. I heard Kachuk once out of Calgary and Tarasenko's time might be up there in St. Louis. I think that's a trade that could happen End quote. Again, this is speculation. We have no idea if if there's how much truth there is to this, but uh, do you think there is a little bit more truth to the possibility that Kachuk could end up out of Calgary than we initially thought? You know, uh, I, I look at it like this when it, when it comes to rumors and sports, there, there's some rumors that, that, that click, but it was the Ottawa sun that reported that Matthew could be available. And, and I don't know where their source was obviously on that. What I tend to find is usually where there is smoke, there's some level of fire. You know, if and, and yeah, if you connect some dots and you realize that okay, Calgary made the coaching change. They brought in the the maybe the oldest of old school in in how he handles things in, you know, in Sutter as a head coach, right? Um, Matthew Kachuk's ice time went down once Sutter was brought in as coach. It wasn't like those guys were seeing eye to eye, you know, and and as, as evidenced by that playing time going down, right? Um, and, and you see that. So it's not hard to see that that scenario could be a, a possibility. Um, has, has there been anything official from, from Matthew to Trey living in Calgary? Man, I don't know anything about that saying I want out that kind sure. of stuff. Um, but, but yeah, there, there, there seems to be enough there that you have to wonder. And, and frankly, the other dot to have to connect guys, and this is, I mean, this isn't rocket science. I think you just have to put you just have to put a little, you know, I mean, yes, we're reading some tea leaves here, but you know, Matthew, he, he's got one year left on his contract and then he's one year away from re unrestricted free agency. All right. Well, if you, if you go back and you look at Keith Kachuk's history, right. And you know, this is a family that understands the business side of the game extraordinarily. Well, I, I being how young Matthew is going to be, unless it's in a place that he really wants to stay at. I'm not, I'm not sure he's willing to give up years of unrestricted free agency, you know, to sign sooner with somebody. And so I, I see Matthew as a player smart enough, intense enough, but has the hockey IQ on the business side as well to understand all that. And if you look at that, you're going, okay, Calgary missed the playoffs again. This is a team that has struggled to find playoff consistency. He was injured when they were in the bubble two years ago. And you remember the video of him being so frustrated watching his team get beat. Um, it's, there seems to be enough writing on the wall that says that uh, that long-term in Calgary for Matthew Kachuk, you know, sh- should be something that's probably questioned, at least from the standpoint of him being able to test the free agent market, uh, you know, in, in two years. And if it looks, guys, go one step further with this. 
if you're Calgary and you're getting a sense that he's going to want to test the unrestricted free agent market, so one, you're going to have to sign him to a one-year contract to get that last year out of him. As that gets closer to the fact that you realize that you may not be able to sign him, his marketability from a trade could become tougher and tougher. So I think that this is going to be a really interesting story to watch develop. Do I think something is imminent? No, not necessarily. But as you start to move into next season and through the season and stuff, it'll be definitely one to watch. Yeah, and it's going to, I would imagine this is probably going to develop a little quicker than we expect just because you've got the expansion draft coming up and a lot of important dates over the next month or so in the NHL. Curves, we'll be talking about that regularly with, it, with you throughout the offseason. We always appreciate the time, my man. We'll talk with you again soon. All right, guys, have, your, have yourself an awesome week. And, uh, you know, congratulations again to Carl. Uh, what a terrific guy. And he's going to be, when he gets into town from time to time from over in Sweden, uh, he's going to be a great member of the Blues alumni.